Hey, good morning, good morning. This is Amazing Grace. Amen to that. And uh, thank you, thank you, thank you for that. Um, we are not live here at BCC this week. Uh, the Wuhan uh, virus has uh, infiltrated our ranks a little bit, and so we thought it'd be safer to just leave everybody home, stay home, and let's give it a week, see how it goes. So want to welcome all our Burlington Christian Church family, and we want to welcome family, friends, grandparents, grandmas, brothers, sisters. You are more than just people. You are individuals. And uh, so I just want to welcome you. Thank you for being here with us. And uh, I'm excited. We are, um, we are on this great journey of prayer. I've been talking about prayer for a while now. And um, we ended 2020 on prayer and praying and focusing our hearts and our lives on prayer and we kicked off 2021 in prayer and so we just want this whole season of our time in life to be about prayer and this today we're coming to the end of January so we are coming to the end of this series as well this will be our last prayer sermon at least in this series We'll never stop talking about prayer. It's always a must in our life, as you uh, well know. Uh, we've been exploring truths about prayer. Lots of different truths. In fact, 13 different truths about prayer. And today I'm going to give you number 14, and that will be our final one, of course. But let me just remind you of some of the things we've been saying about prayer. Okay, because uh, prayer is it's a, it's so much. It encompasses a lot of things. Mostly, if you boil everything down, it's about communicating with God, like a two-way communication with God. You know, it's, it's listening to God, and it's talking to God, and it's listening to God, and it's talking to God. And so it's this, this communication between us and God. That's what prayer is. We don't pray to our friends. We don't pray to other people. We don't pray to other the apostles or Mary. We don't pray to people like that. The only person that we pray to is God. And we come to him in the name of Jesus. And we are, we are able to do that only because of the Holy Spirit that we have invited into our lives when we gave our life to Christ. And the Holy Spirit in us is the one that is communicating with God. So communication happens with God only with the Holy Spirit living our lives. So we've talked about 13 different things. Let me remind you what they are. First of all, prayer is turning to God. That's what it is. We turn to God. We give God our attention. Prayer number two is hosted by the Holy Spirit. I just got done telling you that, that we can't pray to God without the Holy Spirit in our life. We're just talking to the ceiling. But the Holy Spirit is the power in us that communicates with the Father. Prayer is a team challenge. We, we can pray together corporately with other people. and We, we can pray uh, among ourselves and with each other and for each other. Prayer is our about face. It's we turn and we say, God, here I am. And we, we face God and we give him all of us. Prayer is about being thankful. It's about pouring out our heart, our heart of gratitude to God for what he has done for us. Prayer is about surrender. We, we throw our hands up and we say, God, 
We are useless. We, are, we, we can't do anything without you, Father. I mean, nothing that matters. And so we surrender to God in prayer. Prayer opens our eyes, not our physical eyes as much as the eyes of our heart. And it opens our heart to communicate and to hear God. Prayer opens our eyes. Prayer leads us to the promise. When we pray, we understand what God has for us. We, we are moving to the one who holds the keys to life and death and eternity. We are moving toward that promise when we pray. Prayer, we said, refreshes our soul. And when we come to God and we give him our burdens and he lifts those up off of us, we are, we are so refreshed. Prayer, in prayer, one of the biggest things we have to learn to do in prayer is come to listen. Two ears, one mouth. Come to listen. And I love on Wednesdays, we come together, we got our prayer wall over here, and a couple people come in and we just quietly just come to listen. We have, we have prayer needs that we put on the wall, things that we're praying for, people that need the Lord and need healing, but mostly we, we just come and listen. And I gotta tell you, when you just get quiet and you just keep trying to get deeper in your heart, just listen, God has some things to say to you. But it'll never happen in the noise of the crowd of the world. You're never gonna hear it. You have to get alone and spend time quietly, very quietly with God, and just come to listen. In prayer, God reveals his plans to us. In prayer, I am changed. God changes me when I pray. When you pray, he changes you. And prayer, last week we said, prayer answers the whys of our life. Why this, why that, God has the answer to every why that you will ever ask. And so we turn to God in prayer because he answers them for us. Today, here's our final thought for today, number 14, it's this, prayer, the what. The what of prayer, what to pray for. What should we pray for? Should we just pray for everything and anything out there? All our little needs and wants and, 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 and desires, should we just give them all to God? Is that what we should do? What do we pray for? Now, I know nobody should tell us what you should pray for outside of the Lord. Nobody should tell you what you should pray for or what you shouldn't pray for. People shouldn't correct your prayer and say, you know, you really shouldn't pray for that. But, but there are some things that the scriptures help us to understand about prayer and what we should pray for. At least the scriptures give us the direction and some priority on what we should focus prayer on, okay? And, and this is just a matter of, of praying for things. God's concerned about you. He's concerned about your life. He's concerned about everything. That's it, it, true. He is. He is. But there's priority. He's more concerned about you than he is about your stuff. In fact, your stuff is going to pass away. And so, that's a good indication about the priority of prayer. Is, is this about my soul and my life, or is this about stuff? So, so we begin to realize that there's, there's a difference between things that I pray for 
And, and what we typically pray for are things like this, like some are good, some maybe not so good. People maybe that are struggling, we pray for them. People who are sick or have disease, we, we typically will pray for those people that we know that, that need a healing touch from God, we do. Maybe we pray for my dog, or we pray for my cat, or we pray for our finances, or we pray for a catastrophe that has happened somewhere in the country. The lost, God's will in our lives. Maybe we pray for patience. Maybe we pray for my car, that God will give me a better one. Maybe we pray for prosperity, that God will somehow bless my life and make me healthy and wealthy and rich. What to pray for? That, that's the question. Does anything go? There are a few uh, catch-all scriptures that I want to share with you real quick um, that kind of talk about prayer in a, in a broader way. So I want to hit on those. I've got to mention those to you. The first one is found in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, uh, verses 16 to 18. And Paul's talking, and here's what Paul says. Rejoice always, pray continually, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Now, now that verse kind of covers a lot of territory when it comes to things in life and things we should pray about, right? Um, remind me tomorrow. Thank you. Rejoice always, pray continually, give thanks in all. Okay, so this is a talking to God, giving things to God, and just like all the time and in a lot of ways, a broad, broad, broad way. Another passage of scripture that we see in uh, 2 Chronicles 7, 14, that we, we, we refer to this passage quite a bit. It says this, if my people, right, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven, will forgive their sin and will heal their land. And so we see this idea of prayer and praying for things, but there's condition, there's some condition on what God does. If we want forgiveness, if we want our land to be healed, if we want God to lead us, then there's some things God is requiring us to do, okay? He says, pray, humble yourself, seek my face, turn from your wicked ways, and then I will do these things. And so in this passage, we see this condition of prayer that, that, that we're praying about the right things. We're not just praying about anything and everything, but we're praying about the right things. And then there's Matthew chapter 6, where Jesus makes that prayer, you know, our Father who art in heaven, and he prays about our daily needs, and he prays about our debts, and he prays about forgiveness, temptation, and the evil one, right? That prayer there, it's a model prayer of Jesus. And then in John 17, Jesus, the whole chapter is Jesus praying uh, about certain things. He prays for himself, he prays for the disciples, and he prays for all who will believe on their message, right? At the message that they are going to go out and share. And so Jesus, this, this long chapter, John 17, of Jesus praying for, for, for people and for their walk in Christ. And it's clear, it's clear that we are to be faithful in prayer. We are to pray in the Spirit that we've already mentioned. We are not to be anxious or worry, but to give it to God. 
right? We are to be devoted in prayer. We are to continue, continually be in prayer. And James, James says this. He says, when you pray, you do not have because you do not ask God. And when you ask, you do not receive because you ask with wrong motives that you may spend what you get on your pleasures. And so James says, your, your, your prayers are about you. Your prayers are about your interests. They're about your pleasures. They're selfish prayers. They're about stuff, not eternity. And so James gives us this difference. There's a difference between spiritual prayers and things and physical things. And we need, to, we need to make sure the priority of what we're praying for is about things that really matter. And he says there's a wrong motive in prayer right here. He says there is a motive that is wrong when it comes to prayer. It's selfish. It's greedy. You know, so, so we ask ourselves, should we pray for our team to win the AFC championship game, right? right? That's what we do. We got Bills fans praying that they win. We got Chiefs fans praying that they'll win. We got Packers fans praying that they'll win. We've got Bucks fans praying that they'll win. So what does God do? Is God like, okay, we're going to total up the minutes of everybody praying for their team and the team with the most winning minutes, they get to win. That, that's not how this works. Is God concerned about the people who play in the football game? Sure he is. Does God care who wins that game? Is that the priority, you think, for God? No, it's not. It's not. Should we pray to win the lottery? God, help me win the lottery that I'll be a, a billionaire. And I'll give some of it back to the church, God, right? And that's what we do. We bargain with God. God, if you will make me rich. I've done this myself. In my own heart, my own mind, thought, God, if you, if you made me rich, I could go and, and, and do great things for the kingdom. And, 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 and so it's very easy for us as human beings to pray for these kinds of things, for riches, and even have some good motive in it. Tim Tebow, you know, Tim Tebow, he took a knee, right? Took a knee, and uh, they called it Tebowing, right? And uh, there's a lot of controversy over this knee thing. Now there's another knee that's happening to disrespect our flag, which should never happen. That's ridiculous. But Tim Tebow, when he took a knee, and other players have done this too, but they put a lot of emphasis on Tim. And, and check out what he says. He, Tim Tebow says this about the knee. He said, I did it uh, from by my sophomore year in high school. When he was a sophomore in high school, he would do this. All the way through the NFL experience that he had. Uh, that before and after games, I would get on a knee and thank my Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, and also put things into perspective. See, that's what Tim Tebow took his knee about. It, it was not about winning the game. It was about God be with me in this event. God be with me, give me a good attitude. Help me to keep things in perspective. This game is not the, is not the, a matter of life and death. And so it's about perspective and it's about spiritual things and it's about physical things and it's about knowing the priority of prayer. There's a difference between physical and spiritual and God is more interested in the spiritual. Yes, 
we are encouraged to pray for some physical things. When we think about what should I pray for, there are some physical things that we should pray for, but only as they relate to the spiritual things. Only as they relate to spiritual things. So there's a lot, you know, there's a lot of, of, of discussion and scripture in this book about about prayer. There really is. There's a lot of what we should pray for, what prayer is, what prayer isn't, what does prayer do. There's just so much in here about prayer. So today what I'd, I'd like to do with you is this. I'd like to give you nine, as we kind of come to the second half of this message, nine one-minute, one-minute things that we should definitely pray for, okay? Now, I'm not saying this is everything in the world that, you, that we should or shouldn't pray for. I'm just going to give you nine things that we should definitely pray for. The first one's going to take maybe two minutes, but the rest of them, one minute, and we're going to keep going, okay? So here you go. In, in, in the list and in priority, this first one, number one, is the most important, okay? It's the most important one of all of them. Get this right, and everything else will kind of fall into place. The first thing that we should pray for, and the priority in our prayer, I'm gonna give you really three categories, and under those categories, several things, but this one is in a category all of its own, and it is that we would pray that God's will would be done. God's will be done. In fact, Jesus said, our Father in heaven, that prayer in Matthew 6, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come, your will be done. Done. And so Jesus demonstrates and he, he sets for us this attitude and this mindset and this direction of what we should pray for. What we should pray for. And I hope you're thinking, I hope you're thinking about things you pray about. Some of them you may say, you know what, I need to stop praying about that. It's not that important. Yes, okay, God loves me. He loves everything about me. He's concerned about all my things, but, but are these things the priority that I should be lifting up to God? And it's not about God's too busy, don't give him things he doesn't need to spend time with. That, that's not it at all. It's about having a heart and a mind that is in line with God and realizing that there are things in this world that just simply aren't that important. And I'm not going to worry and stress over them. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to divert my attention to the things that I know matter to God. And I'm going to spend my time focusing on those things. That's what it's about. So God's will be done. Jesus says, your kingdom come, your will be done. In John chapter 5, verse 14, the scripture says that we are to pray if we pray according to his will, he hears us. Do you get that? If we'll pray according to God's will, not ours, then he hears us. So get that in mind, that when we're praying for things that matter to God, that's what matters. And when we're praying to, for things that just matter to us, they don't matter. Let them go. Leave them alone. Begin to decipher what matters to God. Focus on those, what matters to me and Things that don't matter, let them go, let them go, let them go. He says, we pray according to his will, he'll hear us. In John 15, the scripture says this, check out John 15, if you remain in me, Jesus says, and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish, 
and it will be done for you. We like to stop right there. If I am a Christian, I'm following Jesus, I can ask for whatever I wish, and it'll be done for me. Well, you know, not when you take that. Don't get carried away. When you take that and the verse I just read about if we pray according to his will, he hears us, and you take Jesus saying, your kingdom come, your will be done, and you bring these all together and harmonize them together, it isn't about praying for whatever I want. It's about me wanting the things that God wants and praying about those things. So then he goes on to say, verse 8, this is to my Father's glory, to God's glory, not, not ours, that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. It's not enough just to say I'm a follower of Jesus, I'm going to pray and ask for whatever I want. It's about being a follower of Jesus, bearing fruit for Jesus. This isn't about you. This is about you producing fruit for the kingdom of God. Being a true disciple of Jesus in your life. It isn't about talking about God or just going to church. That's, that's uselessness. That's religion. If you're a follower of Jesus, you are going to produce fruit for the glory of God and you're going to show that you are truly one of his disciples by what you say and how you live and that your prayer life is focused and directed on the priorities of God. That's good. You know, that's good. Oh, Jeremiah, one more verse. Jeremiah, the officers came to Jeremiah back in the Old Testament, and here's what they said. They approached Jeremiah, the prophet, and they said to him, please hear our petitions and pray to the Lord your God for this entire remnant. Peace. For as you now see, though we were once many, now only a few are left. Verse 3. Pray that the Lord your God will tell us where we should go, and what we should do. That's a good prayer. Pray to God, your Father, on what we should do and where we should go. In other words, in other words, we pray. First and foremost, God, your will be done. And that prayer alone fits every issue, every category of not only the world, but your life. So if you're thinking about your finances, or if you're thinking about your home living situation, if you're thinking about you know, your attitudes, you're thinking about whatever, whatever the category, you, you simply are praying, God, your will be done. God, in my finances, God, your will be done. Be done and we hunger and thirst in every area of our life in the lives of the people we pray for and care for our kids our grandkids our children God God your will be done that's what Jesus prayed for and that's what you and I should pray for foremost and number one I think I took a little more than two minutes but the rest of these are gonna go pretty good Secondly, the second category of prayer, first, God, your will be done. The second category is others, okay? So four things in the, in the category of other people we're going to pray about. Okay, the first one is this, kingdom workers. 
that we're going to pray for kingdom workers, that we're going to be busy serving the king, bearing fruit for God like we just read. But we, we know that there's a need in this world for other people to rise up and become kingdom workers for God, to go on mission trips, to serve their community, to care about the lost, to stop worrying about your stuff and start worrying about the souls of people because that's the priority to God. And so kingdom workers, Matthew 9, Jesus says, when he saw the crowds, he had compassion on them because they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. And then he said to his disciples, his followers, check out what he said. The harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into the harvest field. So when it comes to this category of others, as you begin to pray, we're thinking about workers. God, raise up workers. God, raise up workers from the people that sit in these seats, that sit in these pews. Get us up on our feet to go out those doors and to share the glory of the gospel with the world. God, move us, revive us, engage us. Do whatever it takes, God. Ask the Lord of the harvest to send out workers into the fields. Pray for others. Secondly, actually, this is number three. Uh, God's will is number one. Kingdom workers, number two. Number three is this, your enemies. Your enemies. We're to pray for our enemies, okay? We're to, when it comes to other people, pray for those who... Who attack you? Pray for those who persecute you. Pray for those who don't like you. People who, who are against you for maybe whatever reason, but especially because you are trying to stand for the truth in, your, in the world and in your life. Look what he says. But I tell you, Jesus said these words out of Jesus' lips. But I tell you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you, that you may be children of your Father in heaven. See, so we want to be children of the King? Pray. Pray for those who persecute you. You pray for your enemies. Number three, number three. J James chapter five, we are to pray for the sick. We are to pray for the sick. When it comes to other people, we are to pray for the sick. Now that's what we do. We have a wall over here, our prayer wall, and most of the names on there are, are, are people who are hurting in different ways in their life. They need Jesus. They're sick, they're lost, they're uh, struggling and we're praying for people. But Jesus says, or James says, we are to pray for the sick. Is anyone among you in trouble? Let them pray. So pray for those in trouble. If you're in trouble, seek God. Is anyone happy? Sing some songs, you know, praise the Lord. Give God thanks. Is anyone sick? Let them call the elders of the church to pray over them and anoint them with oil in the name of the Lord. And so when it comes to the sick, People in your life that you know, lift them up to God. God is concerned about people who are sick. Is sickness the end of the world? No. Dying and going to hell, that's the end of the world. But we're all going to die, right? We're all going to die at some point. And so sickness, as it relates to their spiritual life, is really what matters. If they're sick, but they're in Jesus and they die, they're better off. If they're sick and they're not in Jesus and they die, they're in trouble. But if they're sick and they're healed and they can go on to serve God on this earth and God can use them in great ways, 
then we praise God for that. And that's what we're praying for, that God would give healing so that God could use this situation and use this person in a more powerful way to impact the world. Number, number five, which is really the fourth one of others, number five, though, is this, all who believe. That's what we're to pray for. In John 17, in that prayer of Jesus that I mentioned earlier, Jesus said, my prayer is not for them alone, the disciples. I pray also for those who will believe in me through their message, that all of them may be one. Father, just as you are in me and I am in you, may they also be in us so that the world may believe that you have sent me. Now, Jesus prays for his disciples and the message that they're about to share. And God is concerned about the message that you and I are going to go share with our friends and our family and our neighbors. And I got to tell you, it's not easy. It's not going to be easy. If people are stuck in their ways or their traditions or their religion, it's not going to be easy. But let me just encourage you, share the word of God. Let the word of God do its thing. It's the power. It's what's going to change hearts. And if we can get people to just do what the word of God says, we will be a much better world. And they will be in a much better place. And so we just simply share the word of God. All, all who would believe and that we all who would believe would be one, unified in Jesus. Do not think that there is going to be unity between good and evil. There is no unity there. There is no unity between people who do evil and those who are trying to do good. There is not going to be unity there. There shouldn't be unity. Oil and water cannot mix. Okay? They just can't mix. They won't. They'll, they'll, they'll repel each other. And evil and good cannot sit in the same house. And so those who are united in Christ, who, who care about the truth of God, there has to be unity there so that the impact in the world will be greater and that others would become one. You know, uh, St. John uh, Climacus once said this, a servant of the Lord is he who in body stands before men, but in mind knocks at heaven with prayer. Okay? So, so a servant of God's is, is one who is with people, among the people, caring about people, praying for others, right? Praying for others while praying for others and, and helping others and serving others is trying to grab onto the hand of God in prayer and in helping others find the Lord. So when you pray, when you pray, think about others. Think about others in relationship to these things. The second category is self, is self. And Jesus demonstrated that in John 17 when he prayed, first of all, for himself that he would do his Father's will, that he would complete the work that was given to him. Then he prayed for his disciples, and he prayed for those who would believe. So he prays for others, but he spent time praying for his own heart, his own attitude, his own self, not his selfish pleasures, not to collect things, but that his heart and his soul and his mind and his focus and his purpose would be in line. So here it is. When it comes to praying for self, Pray for protection, number six in the overall scheme of these 
these uh, nine things. Uh, pray for protection. Pray for protection against temptation. Because temptation is knocking on the door. At every turn, it's knocking at the door. And the more you stand for what's right and good and true and of God, the more temptation is knocking on your door. It's going to come beating on your door, trying to get you to slip up and mess up. It's going to use other people in your world to try to get you to slip up. Okay, the attacks are coming from all directions. Sometimes from the people you least expect them from. But they are coming and temptation is coming. And Jesus says to us that we are to pray for protection against temptation. Look what it says. He said this, watch and pray. Jesus said this, watch and pray so that you will not fall into temptation. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. Remember, this is in the garden when he asked his disciples to come and pray with him. And they fell asleep. And Jesus says, watch and pray. Be alert. The devil prowls, looking for somebody to devour. To devour. He's like a lion. We are to submit to God and resist him. Resist the devil. Pray that God will give you the strength and the wisdom and the protection from temptation. That's what you're to pray for. When you bow your head to pray, and you pray, God, your will be done, and you pray, God, be with others in these, these different areas that, that we see are biblical, and then we say, God, God, protect my heart from the evil one, from temptation. The second thing is this, or the second thing under self, the seventh thing overall, is this, we are to escape, I'll pray that you will escape the great tribulation. It's talking about the end of time, how things are going to end, and, and, and the signs of the ends of the time that Jesus shared in the Gospels, right? Things are going to happen, wars and rumors of wars and people hating each other and father against son and mother against daughter and families divided. And all these things are going to happen and are already happening. And how it's going to go down and, and Jesus is going to come back and how that's all going to unfold, there, there's, not, there's not definite answers on all of that in every detail. And so what I would say to you is this. Don't get hung up on the details of how it's going to unfold. Just remember, Jesus is coming. Things are going to get tough. And those who remain faithful to the end are going to be saved. The road is narrow that leads to life. And the road to destruction is wide. And there's a lot of people getting sucked onto that road that leads to destruction. And so we are to keep our mind on Jesus and remember that we're to pray that we would escape whatever tribulation comes our way or on this planet or in our country through the government or politics or however it comes. Be ready. Pray that God will give you the strength. Jesus said it like this, for it will come on all those who live on the face of the whole earth. Be always on the watch and pray that you may be able to escape all that is about to happen and that you may be able to stand before the Son of Man. And so we pray, when we think about praying for ourselves and even others, that we would escape whatever trials and troubles are coming our way. Not for a new car, that our team will win the pennant. Guys, in the end, who cares? In eternity, those things don't matter. Trophies don't matter. Your banners and your pins and your buttons and your whatever, badges, they don't matter. 
Pray for protection from temptation. Pray that you will escape whatever trials and tribulation is coming our way. And number eight, number eight, number three under self is this, that we would be found worthy of the calling. That when Jesus comes or when God, as God looks upon us, that we are living our lives on target. We are, we are prioritized with the things of God, not the things of the world. And that we are living our lives worthy of the calling that he has given to us, that he has called us to in Jesus, that he saved our soul and washed us clean by his blood that was shed on a cross. And that we are living in a way that honors that. When the world doesn't give a rip about that. But that we, the believers who truly believe in Jesus, who truly want to call ourselves followers of Christ and disciples of his and, and Christian, that we would separate from the world of evil and we would live lives that are worthy of the calling. Look what he says, with this in mind, we constantly pray for you. It's Paul speaking, that our God may make you worthy of his calling and that by his power he may bring to fruition your every desire for goodness and your every deed prompted by faith. And you would live lives worthy of the calling and that, that the things that you want are the things that God wants. And that our faith, our faith is the thing that prompts our attitudes and our actions and our lives and our prayers. That faith, faith, not selfishness, not our foolish desires, not pleasure, but faith, Lord, your will be done, would prompt everything about us. And last thing, number nine, this is the fourth thing under self. So we had God's will, we had four things under others, and we have four things under self. The fourth thing under self, number nine, is this, that the eyes of our heart would be opened. That when we pray, when we take time to bow and pray, and we're thinking about, God, your will be done. And we're thinking about other people. And we're thinking about ourself, our own life, and our walk on the earth with God. We're thinking, God, open the eyes of my heart. God, please open my eyes that I would see you. That I would know where you're leading my life. That I would know what you're up to. Paul said it like this in Ephesians chapter 1. I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you. You get that? Look at those words. Look at that. That your eyes of your heart would be open and enlightened. That your heart would see better in order that you would know the hope to which God has called you. Generally, that he's called us to himself for eternal life and the promise of heaven, but specifically the hope that he's called us to, that he wants to use us in this world, that we are faithful servants of God's in this world, bringing hope to other people, to the world. The riches, those are the riches, not cars and stuff and toys, but the riches of his glory is the inheritance in his holy people. That's what the riches are to God. And we got to replace our riches when it comes to priority with his riches, which are the inheritance that we have in heaven. 
and the things of God, the things that are spiritual and things that are eternal. Make the switch. We got to make the switch. And his incomparably great power for us, for us who believe. We pray for God's will to be done. We pray for others and we pray for self. Sarov said this, those who have truly decided to serve the Lord God should practice the remembrance of God and uninterrupted prayer to Jesus Christ, mentally saying, Lord Jesus Christ, Son of God, have mercy on me, a sinner. You know, that's, that should be the foundation of our attitude when we approach the throne of God. That should be the, the attitude of our heart that God, I am a sinner. Lord, have mercy on me. Thank you for the mercy you have poured out on me. May I never forget that I am in desperate need of your healing touch and your salvation in my own life first. And so I pray that myself will be lined up with God. So I wrote a book years ago, two of them actually, but this one is called My Kids Rock. <laughs> I love this. This picture of my kids, John and Natalie and uh, Rochelle and Kaylee. And it was just, it's a devotional book to my kids because I wanted to write something that they would have that they could share with their kids like long after I'm gone. And it's kind of just devotional thought kind of laid out, like topics of life, things in life to just think about, to let God have his way in these areas of your life. And this page here at the bottom here in the middle is about like who we are as Napos and where we've come from, right? Where we have come from. To remember who we are, who we belong to, who we are as people, that you came from a, a rich family of people, not riches, but a, but a long history of people that goes all the way back to Italy. And that, that there's a history of people who have paved the way for us today to be where we are at, to do what we do, that we're even here on the earth. But that all of this comes from God. Who we are, where we've come from, God has laid it all out. And we should be like proud of that, proud of the fact that, that we belong to God, that we belong to him. And so prayer, prayer, so much about prayer that we are to pay attention to, about who we belong to, who, who died for us, who gave his life for us, who hears us when we pray, who holds the, the power to do whatever he wants. And we come to him in prayer and we, there's so many things that we are to pray about and pay attention to. And when it comes to what should I pray, I hope and pray we won't use a shotgun approach anymore, that we're just praying for everything and anything, but that we'll, we'll, we'll focus more like a target and we'll try to aim for a bullseye, a priority, some priorities in prayer. 
on how we should pray and what we should pray for. And when you boil it down, there's really three things, three categories that we ought to be praying for. And, and yes, there are lots of things that we should pray for, but I think we should boil it down and be very smart and very cautious to, to make sure we're praying about these three things. Number one, that we pray for others. We pray for others. Actually, let's start at number three. We pray for others. Three, pray for others, right? For workers in the kingdom, including ourselves. That we would pray for the sick, that we would pray for our enemies, and that we would pray for all believers, that we would be one, united one on the earth for the glory of God. We would pray for others. Number two, that we would pray for ourselves. We pray, God, protect me from temptation. God, help me to escape whatever tribulation is coming to the planet. God, that I would live a life worthy of the gospel and worthy of the calling. And that I would pray that the eyes of my heart would be open to see God at work and do whatever it is he wants me to do. But most importantly, that we would pray for God's will to be done. When it comes to what should I pray for? you don't remember anything else, when you're thinking about different areas of your life, the different categories of your world, pray, God, please, God, let your will be done in me, in my life. Whatever area of life I'm thinking about, God, help me to be concerned about others. Help me to be concerned about my own relationship with you. But God, help me to be mostly concerned about your will being done in my life. And that's what it means. In this final, final message, in this series on living in a prayer, that's what it means, living on a prayer. Go into the world and, and let's, let's let our prayer life be so focused on what God wants that our lives will be changed forever, will no longer be the same. And God will use us in a powerful, powerful way. God bless you. Have a great week. Be safe. And we'll see you hopefully again next week.